listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast again today. Ted Shuttlesworth back with you again. Looking forward to today. We've got some great stuff for you. I am here in beautiful, in the middle of nowhere, Cedar Bluff, Alabama. And in the studio, I have a friend with me today who I'll introduce in a moment. But before we do, let me just say it is September still. And that means we're asking you guys to do a favor for me in a very selfish way. I'm asking you, we're trying to get this podcast to as many people as possible. So what I've asked you to do all through this month of September is if you don't mind, leave me a star review and if you don't mind, a written review on the iTunes app or on your phone, the Apple Podcast app. Scroll to the bottom of the show and you can click to write and leave a review. And for all of those that do, I'm gonna be giving you absolutely free my 40-day devotional to overwhelming joy. Praise, laugh, repeat. 40 days to overwhelming joy. Absolutely free to say thank you to those of you that do that. Really, really appreciate it. A couple of other announcements. Very, very excited about Number one, our magazine for the fall is now shipping. It's brand new. It's out. Got some awesome articles in there, testimonies of miracles that have taken place. And if you don't get our magazine on a quarterly basis, you can get it very easily. All you've got to do is go to miracleword.com forward slash magazine. That's miracleword.com forward slash magazine. And you can get it there absolutely free. We'll ship it to you every time a new one comes out. And uh, I know it'll bless you. Number two, in the magazine, you're going to see an advertisement for what I'm very excited about. Southeast Worship Summit 2019 coming up May the 7th through the 10th of 2019. That's a Tuesday through a Friday and 18 absolutely free sessions that you can be a part of. You don't have to be a singer. You don't have to be a band member. You don't have to be a choir member. You could just be a believer that wants to go deeper in the revelation of praise and worship and how it functions in the life of a believer. Last year was phenomenal and we're excited for this year. We've added some new things. We're going to be doing uh, tracks for sound and light Uh, lighting, stage lighting, uh, as well as tech. So you can bring your tech teams from your churches. You can bring your sound guys, your lighting guys, praise, worship, all anybody that wants to go deeper. We're doing that 18 free sessions. And then we're doing two very special VIP behind the scenes sessions on Wednesday and Thursday at the lunch hour. If you want to be a part of these uh, very special sessions that we're doing, we have uh, two separate teachings um, on the power of praise and worship is the first day. We're going to be talking about five keys to unlocking the power of praise and worship in your life and ministry. And then on number two, the second session, we're going to be dealing with how to develop effective leaders as well as a behind the scenes question and answer. And we're providing lunch for you on both of those days. And that is only $99 to get on the VIP behind the scenes 
sessions. Then on Friday night, we're doing a live concert album recording. I'm so excited about this. Minister Jenya is going to be with me. Uh, the whole team got the whole band coming in. We're going to do a live recording for an album, and it's going to be phenomenal. So May 7th through the 10th, 2019, you can register today at southeastworship.com. That's southeastworship.com. All the info's on the website. Um, airports we recommend that you fly into, hotels we recommend that you stay at, all the uh, frequently asked questions, anything you need to know right there at southeastworship.com. Check it out today. I know that it will bless you and I'm pumped up about it. So go ahead and pre-register. Doesn't cost you a thing to do that, but if you'd like to get it on the VIP, you can do that right on the website. You want to get a conference t-shirt, do it right on the website. We'll have it ready for you by the time you get here. And I am extremely, extremely excited. All right, let's jump in today. Uh, I'm so excited about this session as well because I'm here in the studio. And as I said, in the studio, meaning a lake house in Cedar Bluff, Alabama, uh, with a good, good friend of mine. And that is Pastor Alan Meshagan, who pastors Full Turn Church in Hiram, Georgia. So excited to have him here. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. And uh, let me just give you a little bit of background. Pastor Alan Meshagan, dynamic leader, powerful preacher, and he launched uh, Full Turn Church just eight years ago. Isn't that right? That's right. We just celebrated uh, eight-year anniversary of Full Turn Church. Yeah, just two weeks ago. Yeah, so very powerful. And in that time, it's, it's, it's amazing what God's done through his ministry. In that time, uh, to start from nothing, to start from scratch, and to build a church of now over 500 people, um, had two locations, building a brand new building now, has the land, um, and is moving forward with supernatural momentum, really. Um, it's phenomenal what God's doing through your ministry. Absolutely. God's doing some incredible things. I, to me, this is the most exciting time in our ministry, for sure. Yeah, I mean, no question. I was just there on Sunday, and you can feel it. I mean, it's amazing how uh, you can go to some churches and there's not you know, a Holy Spirit flow in the church, even though they say they believe in the things of the spirit. Um, but then there's other places that you can go. It's amazing that there's just a free flow in the Holy ghost. And, uh, that seems to be something you've cultivated from the very beginning. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always been our desire is to not just have church services, but to be in the middle of a move of God, to see God moving, to see the spirit of God moving for sure. Absolutely. What do you think are some things just, I mean, off the cuff, I know we didn't plan to necessarily talk about this, but what are some things just probably off the top of your head that you have focused on to make sure that full turn church always has, you know, a, a free flow of the Holy Ghost, that it doesn't feel uh, restricted or there's no hindrance? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we've always focused on doing is, you know, you have your program that you set every week. Everybody does that. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you got your, your time of worship and, you know, you're going to give the word. But just allowing the Spirit of God to move in whatever, you know, in any given moment um, and to flow with what he's doing mm -hmm. um, has always been my desire, you know. So putting that first right. is key. You know, what, whatever he's doing, if he's working in, in, a, in, in a song, you know, let God move in that, in that moment in worship. 
Yeah, you know? absolutely. So you, you know, it's not that you are, cause I think this is a huge misconception with people that are trying to, you know, uh, plant or, or run and administrate a, a Holy Spirit church. It's not that you don't have order. It's not that you don't right. have design. It's not that you don't have a purpose for each service. And it's not that you're not prepared. It's just that those things don't ever take priority right. over the move of the Holy Spirit. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you definitely are, um, you have a flow. I know you preach series. You do series at your church. I know a lot of guys say you can't be Holy Ghost and preach a series because, you know, the Holy Ghost doesn't flow like that. But you, you do that. You're in series when you speak and when you preach. Um, you have things that are planned, ordered, functional, organized, but it never, I mean, how do you, you know, how would that look, for example, in, um, in practice? You know, if you, let's say you're, you're in the third week of a series, um, and you go in, but you feel a flow as you get in there and the Holy Ghost is moving. Like, how do you handle that kind of a thing? Well, you know, I know a lot of people are planned out. A lot of, a lot of pastors, leaders are planned out and I'm planned. So we plan, um, like you said, we have series, month to month series. Sometimes our, our series will be, you know, more than a month, maybe a month and a half. Uh, but there, there again, we just kind of follow the flow of the Holy Spirit with that too. If, if, God's really moving in a series. If he's really moving in a message, maybe it was planned for a month, but we'll extend it, you know. Uh, but a lot of people I know are are very planned even to planning out what every message is going to be for a series. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'll have titles. But really, the way that I flow is more week to week. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll listen to what God said the week before. I'll listen back to it. Yeah. And allow him to continue to speak to me and build that series line upon line. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the way that I flow and allow the spirit to continue to lead us in a series is more week to week. What is God saying? And so sometimes it'll be Saturday night. And before I'm still, you even have a word yeah, for that. Before I even sure. have the message. So there's a plan. There's preparation. There's a plan. But there's still, you know, not boxing yourself in is so important. I think in anything that you do, you, you know, you have a plan, but you don't allow that plan to control, you know, the outcome. Right. You, you allow the spirit of God to control the outcome. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then the thing is, you see that the benefit of that, uh, even with the people of the church, that they are open to, and, and, you know, welcoming to the move of the Holy Ghost. Right. Obviously, that comes down from the leader a lot of times. You know, you see uh, the leadership sets the standard of the bar and the people come under that flow and vision. I mean, that's how God operates. But one of the things that I've noticed is, and uh, I want to talk about this today. If those of you that saw the title, I think this is an extremely important thing to talk about, which is, you know, spiritual maturity. We're going to get into um, the the thought about three, uh, spiritual maturity, and then we're going to give you three effective ingredients to spiritual maturity. Um, but we, we, you know, one of the things that I think is a misconception and you could probably speak to this as well, is that people think, well, people that are immature in the Holy Ghost, you know, people that are immature in, in, in their spiritual life, they need to just get filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, if they got filled with the right. Holy Ghost, you know, they'd be on track and they'd be, but that's simply not the case. I mean, you know, as well as I do, that there are a ton of people that are filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues and are not spiritually mature. That's right. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is not a sign of spiritual maturity. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, look, let's look back at, at the, uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote two letters to the Corinthian church in Greece, who were without a doubt the most immature church we have picture of in the scripture. 
And they, one of the things he had to deal with them about is that they had an abundance of spiritual gifts being manifested in their church services. Right. He actually had to tell them, pull back on the reins. You've got too much of this going on. So they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, they were having spiritual gifts manifested in their services, but they weren't mature. In fact, he said to them in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, I wish I could give you the meat, but I have to give you the milk of the word because you're babies, spiritually you're babies. Right. So right there we can clearly see that being filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you're a mature adult in, in, in the spirit. Yeah. You can be a baby that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the Bible says, and well, Jesus said it, he said, except a man be born again. And I believe, I don't know how you believe, I think I do, but I believe that when you're born again, you're born again, a babe in Christ. Um, while you've been made alive in Christ, he said, I, I've given you the spirit. We're talking about being spirit filled. He said, I give you the spirit to lead you and to guide you and to direct you into all truth. Mm-hmm. So the moment I'm born again, I don't know all that I need to know. I don't see all that I need to see. Right. I need to, I have to be led by the spirit. They that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. And so I believe we are babes in Christ growing into mature sons of God, uh, becoming who God, to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become. We are becoming, and how we're becoming is is being led by the Spirit, hearing the voice of the Spirit, being taught by the Spirit. He is our teacher. There's no greater teacher than the Spirit of God and and the voice of God speaking to us, no matter how we're hearing that voice, whether it's it's that inner voice or it's it's the the Spirit speaking through uh, one of His anointed vessels, Mm -hmm. that we're hearing His voice, we're growing by the voice. As a matter of fact, I see... The, the word of God being like spiritual food. Yeah. And you said it a moment ago, you said, uh, you know, it's like you have the milk of the word, you have the bread of the word, you have the meat of the word. Um, in scripture, you see the honey, um, the, the, the wine, the, the wine. It, it's all there in scripture that has, you said something powerful when you, had, you were at our church this Sunday and you were talking about how, how uh, I can't remember the exact statement, but you're talking about that we've got to eat it, but we've got to, you know, there's a digesting process. Right. But I believe that as we're meditating, that's that digesting process. We're meditating upon the word of God. It's bringing us into that place of perfection. It's growing us. We're growing up into him and uh, we're maturing every day as we follow the Holy Spirit. So obviously, you know, there, we can see this very clearly. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not how, how often you fall down in church or, right. you know, <laughs> you dance, shout, run, whatever. That's not a sign of maturity. Anybody can do those. So if you have gifts, the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life, that doesn't mean that you're spiritually mature. Well, again, the Corinthians had that, and they were babies. And you can grow in your gift. Of course. Well, one of the things that's interesting, and I think we'll get into it, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, the Bible does say Paul spoke to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, uh, and he said to them, now I commend you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. So it's very clear that it is the word of God that has the power to build you up to the next level. Um, And I I love this because there are, as you said, levels of manifestation uh, in the life of a believer. And Christ, this is a, by the way, this is a verse I quote often on the podcast, Christ said in John 14, 21, that it's the people who have his commands and obey them that love him. So the truest uh, picture of our love for God 
is our obedience to his word. Yes. Without question. The truest picture of our love for God is our obedience to his word. And so when Paul said that to the Ephesian elders, I'm giving you to God, I commend you to God, and to the word of his grace, which has an ability to build you up. So one of the things that I think that many people miss out on is that maturity, uh, very simply, is being able to adhere to the word of God, to live in obedience to the word of God, and uh, not to begin to make your own choices, but uh, to do what God has commanded you to do, and not to... you know, and keep a good spirit about it. You know, the yeah. Bible doesn't say you just have to be will- obedient. It says you have to be willing. You know, Isaiah one nineteen. Right. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So it's not just about being obedient to the commands. It's about being willing to be obedient to the commands. That's right. Of Scripture. You know what I mean? I'm not doing it because I'm forced to. I'm doing it because I want to please God. You know, I want Him to be happy with my life. Yes. And uh, I think we have a lot of that where we got people that are quote unquote, and I don't, I don't want to say quote unquote because they are, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, they speak in tongues, you know, they go to church, they're, you know, they'll, they'll praise whatever they may do, but you know, they have issues in their life obeying other parts of the word. So they'll, they'll fall out on Sunday morning, they'll speak in tongues, they'll dance, and then they go home and talk about people behind their back. Right. They're, they're, you know, they're gossiping about people, they're backbiting, they're not walking in love. Uh, they won't tithe. They won't give, you know what I mean? Right. Basic commands of scripture. Um, and, and they want to hide behind, well, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and God knows my heart. Well, you know, that's not how it works. God doesn't quote unquote, know your heart. He looks at your deeds. He looks right. at your actions. And I think well, that's how we prove our heart. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, the Bible says, Jesus actually spoke and said that, you know, you, there's nobody that out of a, a, a corrupt heart or out of a um, rotten heart can produce good fruit. It takes a, a good heart to produce good fruit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the dangers, and you could probably speak to this a little of the hyper grace movement that's going on right now, because yeah, that thought process says you, my actions don't matter. Only Christ's actions over me mattered. And so now because I'm under grace, you know, I don't have to be disciplined in my Christian life because that's legalism. Yeah. You know, that's that's uh, trying to live by the law. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the thing that people have to see there, because a lot of people can op- over, I believe, overcomplicate that. To me, the key is this, seeing Jesus, that if we can understand our identity in Christ, that it's not I'm working to be something, it's I see who he has made me, and from that place of being, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to live a life lesser than the one that he's made available to me. Right. And so if I can see who I am, I can see who he's made me. I can see Christ for who he is in my life and, and understand that as he is, so are we in this world. That, that he's given me the power through his spirit, through his grace. Grace is the enabling power of God that by grace... Uh, not only am I saved through faith, but by that same grace, I'm being empowered to live the life that he's called for me to live. So grace is not the, that, that just saying, hey, I can do whatever I want. Grace is the power to live. It's an empowerment. As Jesus lived. Absolutely yeah. right. Well, and you know, we look at this and uh, we're going to get into it a little bit because one of the things we want to talk to you about on this podcast and on this episode is three effective ingredients 
uh, to becoming spiritually mature. I mean, without question, if God wants us to become the sons of God, you know, and I don't, I don't believe that everybody who is uh, saved is operating at a sonship level. Right. I, I really don't. Right. You know, there are those that are still at the baby level that are not experiencing the power or, or the, uh, the victory that they should be experiencing. There's a lot of Christians that are filled with the Holy Ghost that are still losing battles. Yeah. Well, think about this. You know, Jesus gave the greatest parable of all, which he said, if you can't understand this parable, how can you understand anything else, any other parable? Mm-hmm. And that's the parable of the sower, where he talks about the sower sows the word. You're the word. talking about the word of God. Yeah, absolutely. The importance of the word of God, following the instructions of the word of God. That the word of God brings us to a place, well, he talks about the ground that the seed is sown upon. We won't go through all that, but good ground, he talks about good ground and we're the ground. Good ground is that ground that understands, comes to a place of understanding. If we can understand the word, then it produces in us some 30, 60, 100 fold. Well, what is that? What What is it producing? It's producing levels of understanding. Mm-hmm. And so thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I cannot be what I cannot see. Right. And Absolutely. I can only operate at my level of understanding. So when we're talking about spiritual maturity, we're talking about the understanding that the word of God produces. It's like I can take my, my child. I got two little girls. I can take one of them who's at a first grade level and I can throw her into a, a high school class. She's not going to be able to function. She can't operate. Right. But she can operate on a first grade level. Yes. But at some point, she's going to steward or manage that first grade understanding all the way into uh, being a senior in high school and then going beyond that into college. And I believe it's the same uh, in the spirit. Spiritual maturity has nothing to do with age. Right. That's very true. It has true. everything to do with understanding. <laughs> Absolutely right. And if I, I'm, I'm going to operate at my level of understanding, well, understanding comes by the word of God. Yeah, yeah. The pictures, the revelation that I'm receiving, the illumination. Mm-hmm. And now I'm taking that from 30, 60, 100 fold. So we've got Christians that they're operating at a 30 level. A 30 level. No question. You know, and I believe it's not like you just jump from 30 to 60, 31. 32. Sure. We're growing into those different levels. Well, David said that in Psalm 119. He said, Lord, the entrance of your word gives light or brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Right. So by the word of God coming, Ezekiel said it this way. He said, uh, the word came to me and set me upon my feet. Yeah. So as Paul said, the word has the ability to establish you in understanding, to ground you and to give you the ability to take your inheritance has the ability to set you upon your feet. And, that, yeah. and that's a picture of maturity. You know, there's, we talked about this before, but you know, when you're a baby, it's interesting that when, you know, you are a baby or if you have a baby, a baby is not capable of getting out of their own mess. Mm. If a baby, uh, you know, has a, a dirty diaper, for example, you know, the baby can't change its own diaper. Right. So it sits in a mess until an external force of the father, you know, for right. the purposes of this podcast, of, of the father comes in and removes them from the mess, cleans them up and puts them back in a place of comfort. Right. Well, that's because they're at the baby level. Yeah. If you're still depending on your father 
to come and to wipe your butt when you're 30 years old, right. you've got a major, major yeah, that problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Be- because that, that's not how you're created to function. There isn't. It's funny how that in the world we have an expected maturity level um, for an age. But when you come into the church, there's not necessarily an expected maturity level as people continue on in Christianity. Yeah. It's like we accept people staying spiritually immature even though they've been Christians for 20 years. Yeah. It's just like, well, that's just who they are. You know, imagine yeah. saying that about your daughter. If she was 20 and you were still changing her diaper, you said, well, you know, that's just her. That's, that's, right. that's just how she is. No, there, there's got to be an expected increase of maturity in a believer. Yeah. That's why Paul, you know, think about the fact that Paul wrote to them letters. And the first letter, by the way, he purposely wrote extremely harshly and then says in the second yeah, letter, right. I didn't want to have to write you that harsh, yeah. But I, I, but I did it so that when I showed up to be with you, yeah, I didn't have to personally start rebuking you in person. Right. I wanted to give you an opportunity to become mature before I got there, but I wrote you harshly on purpose. You know, he says that to them, yeah. And he's dealing with them because it's not. Here's here's the bottom line. If you're listening to the podcast, it is not okay to continue in your life as a Christian and not mature. That's right. It's not okay. Yeah. You've got to begin to mature. Yeah. And Paul was writing back to all these churches, and with the exception of maybe only the Ephesian church, he rebuked every other church for how they lived. Yeah. And he was telling them, you're not that person anymore. Right. Step up to another right. level. Begin to mature. Yeah. Pastor Allen's got a really great book coming out about this in the very near future called The Table. Yeah. And you're dealing with the different tables, you know, yeah. the, the different levels that people live at in the church. Some are in a high chair. Right. Some are at a kiddie table. Yeah. Some are at the adults table. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with that? You, well, as a pastor, so you know, you're having to feed yeah. three levels of people every Sunday. Well, let me say this first off of what you were saying. I believe there's grace and mercy for every space that we're in in life or, sure. or in our well, growth and development. It's like I don't spank my baby because right. it, it, you know, dirtied its diaper. Yeah, I don't spank it and say, how dare you? But just like you said, at some point, the child has to grow into a man, Mm -hmm. you know, and and even in scripture says that Jesus grew, you know, he grew, he grew from a child into a man. Absolutely. And I believe that's a pattern for us spiritually that we are growing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Yeah. You were talking about the tables. I believe there's a table that God prepares for us at every place in our life. I believe it. When we're babies, he's not going to put a stake on our plate. Why? Because we can't chew it. We can't digest it. We need the milk of the word, but we're not supposed to live on the milk. And I feel like that's the fallacy that we have in the body of Christ is we're, we're just serving milk Mm -hmm. or we got people who all they can get, all they can digest is milk. And we're, we're, we're robbing people of the future that God wants them to possess. I think the other half of, of the, of the lie is that people believe that, uh, certain churches it's their mission to only serve one level of believer that's right so there's there's churches that you know it's like well you know our church it really it really helps baby christians so we're always in the milk level that's why we preach these series that are very surface yeah. level and very you know we don't ever get into deeper things because really our our uh, calling is to the baby believer well that's right. not true yeah. you're not going to find that anywhere in the bible right. that we're, we're called in fact 
uh, we're called to preach the full gospel, yeah. you know, as ministers, meaning that our job, I mean, look at, look at your job as a minister from the book of Ephesians. Christ put these ministry gifts in the church for the perfecting of right. the saints, meaning that if you're staying a baby for 30 years, you're not being perfected, right. meaning the, the leadership are not doing their job properly. Mm-hmm. If they're just perfect, it really is what it is, it's child abuse. Because I'm trying to keep, right, a, keep a, baby a baby at the same level. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I mean, if, if I was keeping, if, imagine if I had a, a, a nine-year-old and I was forcing them to stay in a crib and I could, I would not allow them to get out. I made them eat only baby food and I kept them in diapers. Ten years old, I wouldn't let them go to school. I kept them, I, you know, that's, you know, at a certain point, you're starting to abuse that child. Right. Because you're starting to destroy yeah. their ability to uh, to be formed into what they were created to be. And that's what's happening with leaders is that they're actually hindering the body from being formed into what it was created yeah. to be. Well, we weren't called just to get people saved. No. Jesus said, go and make disciples. disciples. Well, disciples is not just getting a person saved. It's also seeing them come into maturity. Absolutely. And I mean, Jesus didn't just, uh, get, get people, you know, do things for people to where they were like, Oh, this guy is something. And then, no, he said, follow me and I'll make you Mm -hmm. follow me and I'll make you. And so, you know, it's, it's all about discipleship and seeing people grow. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. For sure. You've got, you've got this new book coming out the table, Yeah, you know, and, and you're dealing with these thoughts, right. Uh, in the book, you're dealing with levels of spiritual maturity. Yeah. So let me give you this. You're talking about the word of God. The word of God is a seed. And so we have to see what's in a word. Uh, And every word that comes from God contains in it wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that these things are different. Right. In other words, knowledge is information. Yes. I can have all the information in the world and still not be able to do anything with it. Sure. I mean, look at the people who are, are learning things every day, but, but, they have information, but they're not able to take that information right. into a place of application. So, I know what a microchip is. I can't make one. Yeah, right. There's a lot of things I know about that I, I wouldn't know how to make it work. Right. So knowledge is information. Understanding, though, is comprehension. Mm-hmm. Now I take what I know into a place of understanding. I comprehend now this information that I got. I'm, a, I'm able to understand it. Mm-hmm. But knowledge and understanding are not enough right. because now I have to have wisdom. And wisdom is the application of what I know and understand. So if I'm walking in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, I'm growing in God from from knowledge and understanding and wisdom to the next place of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Because he's revealing these things to me as just like a a child growing in in education. You know, you don't start them out with advanced algebra trig. Right. You know, you say, here's a number. This is one. This is two. This is three. And then you start showing it how how it works together. You know, God said that. If you look in the Old Testament, he said, I'm going to deal with you like I deal. You would deal with babies line upon line, precept upon precept here a little there a little. Yeah. You know, until you can come into a place of fullness. Absolutely. You know, and that's what the Bible says. He, He said, Jesus gave gifts to men. We need to understand these gifts. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Absolutely. For what? The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry until we all come into the unity of the faith, the bonds of peace, until we do what? 
until we mature. Yeah. We mature into the fullness of the, uh, of the measure of the stature of Christ. Right. Absolutely so right. So we've got to, as, as a corporate people, come into fullness. And as individuals, we've got to mature into the fullness of who God has called and purpose for each and every one of us to be. That's exactly right. And so I, we want to jump in here. We want to talk to you about, we, we want to give you three actionable steps toward maturing in Christ. Three what we're going to call effective ingredients to spiritual maturity. It's important that you see these uh, and and that you take notes because this is, I believe, and I've talked to a lot of pastors. I've been to a, you know thousands of churches at this point in my life uh, and seen many many Christians, some succeeding and some failing. But these three things, I truly believe, will take you from a place of uh, immaturity to maturity, and and will ensure that you are living in victory. The first being this is that you've got to make sure that love drives your life. Love has got to drive your life. In fact, Jesus, when giving us the new covenant, uh, gave us the most important commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second was like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now this what I'm talking about here, I'm not talking about some mushy Christianity somewhere that has no discipline, that has no correction, that has, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that your life for God has got to be filled with what the Bible calls the greatest of all these things, which is love. It's funny to me and, and very interesting that when Paul takes an entire two chapters to teach on the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, and 14, he stops in the middle and writes, and of course, I know there were no chapters and verses when he wrote the letter, but we have a a whole chapter in the middle of him teaching on the power of love. In fact, at the end of chapter 12, he says, covet earnestly the best gifts, yet I will show you a more excellent way. So he talks about the gifts of the spirit, uh, defines them, Uh, begins to bring the knowledge of that to the Corinthian church. But he says, now I want you to covet these gifts. I want you to desire to operate them. But here, let me show you even more excellent way. And then all of 1 Corinthians 13, we have him teaching on defining the power of love. And it's important that we understand that because the Bible tells us God is love. Right. So if you're going to be in God, in Christ, you have to be in love. Right. Don't tell me that you're a Christian don't tell me that you're some sold out, you know, spirit filled Christian that's walking at the highest level. If you can't even walk in love, you're not in Christ. If you're not in love, yeah. you're not in God. If you're not in love. Right. And it's a ridiculous thing to me that you'll have these same people that will, uh, you know, fall out on Sunday morning. They'll shout, they'll dance, they'll lift their hands and act like they're, and then they'll go home and they'll gossip They're They're mean. I mean, there's people that are just straight up mean in church. They have no desire to conform to the image of Christ. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't care. They'll tear you up in a minute. Right. They'll tear you up in a second. They don't care what you think about it. And it's a it's a mass, and that's a sign. It's a massive sign of immaturity. Right. Massive. Well, you know, I believe that love has to be at the center of any relationship. Of at what I believe there are levels of relationship. Oh yeah. But love has to be at the at the center of all of your relationships. If not, it's not. There's nothing that's going to bring you closer. There's nothing that's going to drive that relationship 
you know, forward. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's the same with with what you're saying, our love for God, our love for people. You know, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus would look on people, he would be moved with compassion. Compassion. So it was love that was driving him to do the works. Absolutely. He's not just doing the works. That's the fallacy of the law. Right. Okay. It's not just uh, works. It's it's the love that's driving my love for God, my love for his creation, my love for his purpose, my love for his plan, my love for his desire. It drives everything. You know, if I'm going to have a real relationship with God, that love is going to drive me into deeper depths of relationship. And, you know, I love what, what the apostle Paul said that we might you know, comprehend with all the saints that the height, the depth, the breadth, the width of the love of God, of the love of God. So he, here's an invitation from God to search out the depths yeah. of his love, you know, and with that, that love driving us into the depths, we're also growing in our knowledge of God, Absolutely. you know, the eyes of your understanding being lightened that mm-hmm. you might see, that you might know that you might comprehend that's the key. Yeah. But if I'm not walking at that level of relationship with God, see, I believe this. I believe intimacy with God is everything. Sure. That closeness with God, because the closer I get to him, and you know, I hear this stuff and I understand where people are coming from, but this whole thing, God's chasing me. God's not chasing us. God's wanting us to go after him. That's exactly right. And he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It's not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's a, it, it's an, it's an absolute misconception. This whole thing about, you know, God and his love are chasing you down. That's not true. The Bible says God gave us Christ. You know, that was his action. He sovereignly chose to give us Jesus, right? Right. Gave us the word. And then God is no longer actively pursuing people. He's given that job to the church that we're to preach the gospel. We're to go into the highways and byways. We're the ones. And if we we choose in our lives to disobey the word of God, God's not overriding our free will and continuing to chase people down. So here's what I believe he's saying. My love has turned towards you through Christ. Now it's your choice to allow love, the love that you have for me in your life, to drive you closer to me. It's always been that way. I mean, think of it this way. Even in the Old Testament, he said to Jeremiah, when you search after me with your whole heart, you'll find me, right? Right. So he didn't say, I'm going to come find you, Jeremiah, because I have a plan for your life. He said, you search after me with your whole heart. Right. Hebrews 11, 6 is the same. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's not seeking you. You're seeking him. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you said in the book of James, draw near unto God. That's the first command. And then he'll draw near unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is us that has to take. So it's really, it's a misconception. People think that God. We have to ask. We have to seek. We have to knock. People think God's just going to come find them in their mess. You know, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And love. Now think about this. Love, we're going to get back into this, these algebraic equations again from last time. But if think about it. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right. So we know God is His Word. Yes. But then we also hear from the Scripture, God is love. So if God is His Word and God is love, then the Word is also love. Right. And there's no way to truly operate in His Love. Word outside of love. Yeah, well, that's right. Or and, and vice versa. And if you are, here's here's one thing that I, uh, I have to stress in this generation, is if you are purposely as a leader 
keeping back portions of his word because you're afraid of how people will respond, you're not giving them full love. Yeah. Because to withhold, that's manipulation. You're withholding God's love from his people when you withhold the truth of his word from those people. So if you've got a church where people will only tell you about salvation, but they'll never tell you about the fact he's a healer. They'll never tell you about the fact that he's a deliverer. They'll never tell you about the fact that he's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost. They'll never tell you about the fact that he's a financial provider. Yeah. You're holding back. You're robbing them from moving forward. From portions of his love yeah. because you're holding back portions of his word. It's like if I were to if I were to die and leave a will to my daughters and my son where I had 10 different stipulations of things I wanted to do for them. But the one who was giving them the readout or who was reading the will, the attorney, he only told them about one of those 10. Well, what he's effectively doing is holding back portions of my love from my children. And that's illegal. Yeah. You know, and and it's and and even spiritually. Right. We will be judged as leaders for how we handled the word of God with his people. That's right. we, We are instructed to speak the truth in love. Absolutely. People but with lie. love comes truth right. at every have, level. Yeah, you can't have love without truth. You have to have truth. That, that's that openness. It's that complete, complete love to me is completely giving yourself over. Absolutely. And so how can I completely give myself over if I'm withholding? Absolutely. I have to give it all. And that's why, you know, it takes us right into the second thing. I mean, yeah. we're filled with love, but uh, it creates within us, if, if the leaders are doing their jobs, it creates within us spiritual disciplines, right. Christian disciplines yeah. that God expects of his children right. to bring them into maturity. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that people say they love God, that they're sold out to God, but they don't want to ever read what he wrote to them. Right. They love God. I'm sold out to God, but I don't want to talk to him. Right. I love God. I'm sold out to God, but I don't want to go to his house. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's stupid. And think about that. If that was, you know, if that was a man and woman, you know, I've said this many yeah, times right. when I was, when I first started dating Carolyn, you know, I can't imagine if she ever would, you know, even go back. I mean, think of those of you listening to the podcast, go back to high school, you know, somebody that you had, you may have been dating or had a crush on. If they wrote you a love note, slipped it into your locker, you know, you're not going to take that thing out before the next period. And while they're looking at you, holding their letter, you're just going to hold a lighter to the bottom of it and burn it to ashes before you've even read it. Right. That, that shows you could care less about what they think of you. Right. You know, so for, for you to have the ability to take God's word and say, well, I'm totally in love with him, but I don't ever want to read what he wrote me. You know, you go further than that. You know, when I was, when I first started dating Carolyn, you know, it continues to this day, you know, not only do I want to hear what she says, but number two, I want to be in her presence, you yeah. know. I used to leave work. I wouldn't even change out of my work clothes. I'd go straight to wherever she was, straight from work, because I wanted to spend the maximum amount of time with her right. before I had to go home for the night. So, it, but it's funny to me. People say, oh, man, I love, he's number one in my life. I love God. But, you know, I only go to church one out of the four Sundays a month. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And when this is happening, me and my father will come and make our home with you. So love means that I'm going to follow the discipline of the word of God. Absolutely. I'm going to follow those disciplines. And 
along, you know, along with those disciplines is prayer and reading the word and all those things that you're yeah. talking about. Well, you think about it. I mean, you know, if you truly love God, you're going to talk to him. You're going to want to talk to him. You're going to be present. You, sure. I'll tell you, I was talking to somebody. Well, this, this was, is so shook my spirit. I was talking to a friend of mine, Pastor Dean Myers, uh, who pastors in Ohio this last week. And we were just talking about how many of these full gospel denominations, quote unquote, Pentecostal denominations are backing away from the Holy Ghost and their churches are becoming dead. They have no move of the spirit. Uh, might as well, you know, I don't know. It's just, you don't see it. There's nothing there that whatever, other than their about section on their website, you'd never know they were Holy Ghost churches. Yeah. And he said something so, to me, it was profound. Those of you listening, it might be something simple you've thought of before. I had never thought of it. He said, you don't have to attack something to kill it. He said, you can just ignore it and it'll die. Wow. He said, that, which, which that, that struck me. Yeah, he said, yeah. because... He said, these churches, they're not attacking the Holy Spirit. They're not preaching against speaking in tongues. They're not preaching against laying hands on the sick, but they just don't do it. Yeah. And as just by ignoring it, they kill it in their church. Right. You know, think if you had a brand newborn baby, you don't have to kill it actively. You don't have to attack the baby. You can just leave it in the crib and never acknowledge it exists. It'll die. Right. You can have a pet that, that you know, and just ignore it. You don't have to attack the pet. Just ignore yeah. the pet. It'll die. Yeah. You know, say plants in your home, whatever you've got, a garden right. outside your house, ignore it. It'll die. So we are ignoring the very one who was sent right. from God to lead us into maturity. Exactly. We're, we are ignoring. It's crazy. I heard a Colombian pastor say it like this, and it sounded funny. I thought it was, it was great. He said, we'll talk about God the Father, yeah. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's like we want to keep... The Holy Spirit, you know, it's very, you know, maybe just a little bit of the Holy Spirit, but he's the power of the church. Yeah. He's the power of the believer. Right. He's the, the one leading us into that place of sonship. That's right. I mean, come on. And from that same standpoint, think about it. People don't have to be against maturing in Christ. They just have to ignore the disciplines that would bring them maturity to kill their own maturity. Right. It's crazy. I, I don't have to be against yeah. reading the Bible. Right. I just have to not read the Bible. Right. I don't have to be against prayer. I just have to ignore my prayer life. I don't have to be against faithfulness to church. I just have to ignore my faithfulness. Even though the Bible commands these things, yeah. just by ignoring them, you're destroying your own well, maturity. I mean, you know this because you go all over the place speaking the word of God. How many people, they hear the word of God. But they totally, they hear it, they let it go in one ear, out the other, and they never put it into practice. And Jesus said, if you are ignoring what you hear, you're like a man who built his house on the sand. Mm -hmm. And when the challenges of life come, you're going to fall. Absolutely right. The only thing holding you up is the word of God. Absolutely. And that word is, is coming to us from the power of the Holy Spirit and speaking to us and leading us and directing us. Yeah. And, and here's, here's the thing that I was thinking about, too. I mean, it really all comes back to the word of God. Yeah, right. Now, all of these elements, yeah, right? right? Because think, think about it. Um, and we'll hit, we'll hit this last one as we transition. But think about this. The word of God is the, the perf I heard one preacher say it's the performance fuel for increase. Yeah. Without question, the word of God, and I say this all the time, that the power of God's spirit travels in the vehicle of his word. 
Yes. So where the word of God is absent, the spirit of God's absent. Right. Because the word and spirit agree. That's right. And when God speaks a word, his spirit manifests. That's right. He said the words I speak are spirit. They are spirit and they are life. John chapter six. So when you look at the word of God, if it's not present, the power of God's spirit's not going to be present. Right. Lazarus didn't just uh, get raised from the dead because Jesus released the spirit. God, Jesus spoke words yeah. out of his mouth and released the power of God yeah. through his word. Well, look at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The spirit was hovering mm-hmm. over the face of the deep and God spoke. God spoke. And the, they worked together. They worked together. So when you look at these Christian disciplines, right, let's just break them down quickly. Um, you, you look at these basic Christian disciplines. Number one, reading the word. People that listen to this podcast know that I, you know, I harp on creating a daily plan to read God's word so that you have something that you're ingesting every single day from the word of God, a plan to read it. Um, By reading it, you know, you're putting that fuel into your spirit for maturity, right? right? But it doesn't stop there because then we talk about prayer. But prayer, one of the things prayer does uh, as Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, Paul, you know, he, he understood this, that when you pray, you can pray in such a way that it takes the word of God you've read and gives you understanding and illumination and revelation of what you've read. I'm sure that, and you just talked about that a moment ago. I'm sure you've done the same as I have, but it's in my times of prayer that God unlocks things from the word I've already read. Right. It's not that I've never read those things before. I have, I've read through the Bible many times. But when you pray, a spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon you and you see things about the word that you've never seen. I call it seeing into the word. Seeing into the word. Where Paul called it a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So when we pray, it allows God by revelation to show us things about his word or quicken things to our spirit that we've never seen before, allowing us to step higher in revelation Yes. See, if everything's, they're waiting on a new season to take place. Right. One preacher said it this way, seasons are not uh, governed by, uh, you know, calendars and clocks. They're, they're governed by revelation and truth. Yeah, that's good. I step into a new season when I have a new revelation of right. God's word. Right. Because things begin to change because I can see something I didn't see before. That's right. It's like we talked about 2 Kings chapter 6 on Sunday. Elisha and his servant looked at the, the problem they had differently. When the enemy king surrounded their city with with army of soldiers, the servant looked out and was freaking out. So we got to get out of here. The prophet was not scared because he said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see what I see. And when his eyes were open, he saw angelic armies. And he said, there's more with us than there are with them. And what you have there is the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. Absolutely. When God shows you by revelation what's really going on, you can live at another level. So Gehazi was living at a fear level because he only saw the natural. Elisha was living in peace because he saw the supernatural right. revelation. Right, Which was, I've Same circumstance. Power. Same circumstance. Two different perspectives. Two different perspectives. Israel saw a bully. David saw a bullseye. An opportunity. Yeah, yep. absolutely. You look at those two things, it completely changes how you act in that situation. Right. That's what revelation does. That's right. It changes your season. Yeah. Um, so prayer gives you revelation of God's word. Uh, you look at praise. Why do I praise God? You know, people think we praise God. You know, it's just like something that's a spiritual discipline. We have to force ourselves to do it. I asked one guy, what is praise? He said, it's the fast songs before the slow ones. 
That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. There's two reasons we praise God, right? Number one, we praise him, according to Psalm 150, for what he's already done. Praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. Yeah. Those are things he's already done. So when we praise him for those, we're praising him on past victories that came through his word. Things that by his word he's already accomplished. But then we also, we don't just praise him for what he's done, we also praise him for his promises, what he's going to do. That's right. Praise him for the future. But his promises are his word. Right. So when we come down to praise, praise is all focused around the word of God. True. What he has done by his word, what he's, he's going will. to do by his word. Yeah. So prayer, praise, the word, all of these. Even when it comes to the Christian disciplines of giving. Right. I give based on a word. I don't ever give based on a need. I don't ever give based on manipulation. In fact, Paul said, if you feel manipulation when, when there's uh, offerings being taken, yeah, don't, don't give. give. Don't give. Because we don't give by manipulation. We give by the promise of God's word. I give because I've got a word on yes. this. Give with joy, give cheerfully. Because I got a word that yeah. something's getting ready to change when I give this, sow That's this right. seed. Everything we do is based around the word. Yeah. And that's why we do it. And so, every, and, and we're going to transition to this final point because it is the word that, that is the power to establish you. You know, I love the fact that we talked about this in a moment ago, but the Spirit of God doesn't ever operate independently of His Word. That's right. Ever. That's right. Let me, let me say something there, too. You were talking about the tables and the table message in the book uh, earlier. You know, one of the things in the book is the high chair, then the kiddie table. And, you know, if you ever watch kids at a kiddie table, this is the place where, you know, you're being fed at, the, you're, you're having to be fed. You can't feed yourself. You're having to be fed at the high chair. But at the kiddie table, this is a place where, where food is being refused, where, where you're, you're putting good stuff in front of your kids and the good stuff is right there in front of them, but they push it away. They get up, they run around the table. That's what's going on in church today. Yeah. The word of God, the anointed word of God is coming forth and people are pushing back from the table. Oh yeah. They're pushing the food away. Right. They're not, they, it's not a, even a matter of digesting it. They're not even putting it in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They my, refuse it. Refuse my, the word. My dad used to say, and he'd watch people while he was preaching. You know, he, yeah. especially in his younger years, going to some of these churches, the, the faith message like that had not been preached there. Yeah, many places. And I've heard him say many times. He said, uh, "You know, I can watch some of you." He said, "I had a son." He said, "You know, he's talking about me." He said, "My son, when when he was born, my wife would have me go to the grocery store to get baby food, and and uh, I'd come back and I'd have all, all the peaches, and he said I'd have all the cherries and I'd have the apples and." She'd say, where's the broccoli? Where's the spinach? Where's the... And right. he said, well, I watched you when you fed him those things. And when you feed him the broccoli and the spinach and the stuff, he just spits it out. Yeah. But I noticed when you feed him the peaches and the cherries and the stuff that he sucks it down. Right. And she said, but if all you ever feed him is that, then it'll rot him out. Right. But he needs the other to be healthy and grow. Yeah. So here's maturity. Maturity is saying at the kiddie table of our life, we're saying, I only want sugary things. Right. And so I think pastors all over the place are like, well, they like sugar. Give them sugar. They yeah. like donuts. Give them donuts. Right. They like cookies. But it's killing them. It's killing them. But my dad said, he said, when I, when I, uh, when I saw you spit it out, he said, my wife would take that spoon and she'd scrape it off the sides of his face after he spit it and feed it to him again. That's and, good. and he said, you know what? 
He said, I can see some of you as I'm preaching. You're spitting this out, but I'm a yeah. big enough preacher to scrape it off your face and feed it to you That's again. Right. So maturity, yeah. really true, true spiritual maturity is being able to sit at the table of the Lord and whatever is placed before you, you eat. That's right. You know, and we, we see that in scripture in a different way where he says, you know, you go to someone's house, whatever they put, take whatever they offer you. But it's the same thing in, in, with the word of God. Whatever God puts on the table. Yeah is what we must eat. It doesn't matter if it's something that we feel like we like or not. Now, here's something very interesting. I want to finish with this. This is the third point that we wanted to kind of talk about, I believe. And that is prioritizing the voice of God that was sent into your life. Right. So what do I mean by that? Those of you listening to the episode, this is what we're talking about. Uh, Pastor Al and I were discussing this. God has a plan for your life all the way down to what church you attend. That's right. And by the way, if you're attending a church that is not a full gospel church, what do I mean by that? I'm talking about a church that doesn't believe in the Holy Ghost, church that won't allow speaking in tongues, a church that doesn't pray for the sick, a church that doesn't believe in the financial prosperity and blessing of God, a church that won't preach the full gospel of Christ. If there's a, you know, if they're a church that, that uh, won't preach against sin, if they all, all they preach is grace and all they preach, they don't preach the rapture. They don't tell you Jesus is coming soon. You need to get out of that church quickly and find a church. And I don't say just find it in your own strength. I always tell you, pray and fast, seek the Lord, and he will lead you and guide you to a place that he has designed you to be. And it's very important to do that because where you go to church is life or death. It will make your family or break your family. You might be older, you know, and you know better already. You might be in your 30s, 40s. You grew up in church and you may know better than where you're at church right now. But remember this, your kids don't know better and they're being raised up in a church that's not preaching them the full gospel. You might have already grown up knowing what's right, but your kids are being fed just cherries and peaches and is rotting their mind, it's rotting their spirit. And it's important that you go into a place that's going to build you up with what the Bible teaches fully. And that's why I'm saying this. It's important to prioritize. This is number three, if you're taking notes. Prioritize the voice of God in your life that God placed there. And here's what I mean. When God leads you to the church he plants you in, when you're in a place that God's led you and guided you to, prioritize the voice of the man of God that God's placed in your life. You know, more now than ever before, we are inundated with voices constantly. Right. Thanks to the internet, thanks to podcasts, thanks to social media, we're hearing clips, we're hearing podcasts, we're hearing messages all the time. And they're good. I mean, obviously you're listening to a podcast right now, but you should not ever prioritize a voice that God did not place in your life. What do I mean by that? Well, it's wonderful to be able to get insight into what other ministers are preaching and you you know you can hear things that other people are saying. There everything preached is not for the full body of Christ. Right. That's an interesting thought. Everything that's preached is not there are things that are preached that are just for the house they're being preached that's to. That's right. It's for the people there. It's for the people there. And one of the downsides, now I'm not against live streaming. I'm not against social media. I'm for these things. I use them. But one of the downsides is that we think everything we hear is for us. 
and it's not for us. We think everything that we hear is for us. It's not always for us. Sometimes it's for the church. I'll say this, there, there are ministers, they're popular. Uh, you know, the world calls them celebrity pastors. I don't call them that. They're just, they've been functional in what God's called them to do. And so they've seen increase. But many times people will listen to that on the internet and then prioritize it over what their own pastor is preaching to them. That's right. And it's a mistake. Yeah. That person you're listening to on the internet is not your pastor. It's not where God called you to be planted. You might be able to be encouraged by what he says. You know, you might be able to be built up by that. But you need to prioritize the word that your pastor has been given by God for you over your life. Uh, tell, tell about your, your, your father-in-law. That was, was a wonderful example that you gave about your father-in-law who attends the church where I attend now, Bishop Rick Thomas's church, Abundant Life Church in Margate, Florida. Yeah, so he was talking to me recently about the importance of the mouthpiece of God in your life. And you said it a moment ago, I believe that God calls you to a place, he calls you to a people, and he calls you to a leader. And this is meant for your growth. It's meant for your maturity. And so he said, you know, when I hear a word on Sunday from my bishop, when I hear a, a word from the mouthpiece of God for my life, I take that word and I meditate on that word. I pray into that word all week long. And I allow God to speak to me deeper things about the word of how it relates to my life, my family, my marriage, my business, my finances, every area of my life. I'm listening to God. How does that word, how can I take that word that I, that I heard from the man of God and apply it to every area of my life. So what you're saying is, is so true. In this, this time and day that we, we live in, I mean, you'll hear a word from your pastor or leader and you'll go out, you'll get on social media, you'll start, you know, scrolling through and, you, oh, I hear this and I hear this. Now, you've totally forgotten what you just heard from the most important voice, you know, in your life, the, the, the voice that God has placed in your life that he's speaking through to you. Right. And you're saying, well, you know, now I'm hearing this and I'm hearing this and we've got this mixture, yeah. you know, to, and you know what I believe? I believe we've got such a mixture that we don't even know what we believe. That's true. Well, it's totally true. And I'll, I'll finish by saying this before I have you pray for everybody, okay. but it is this, you know, there's, there's people that don't even stay uh, consistent with the group of people that they're in. For example, I know pastors that they are listening to leaders that don't even, not only do they not believe what they believe, they're against what they believe. For example, if you're a Pentecostal pastor and you're sitting around with books on your desk and you're listening to leaders that are against the Holy Ghost and you're trying to get advice on church growth from people that are doing it the corporate way, using business principles, not by the power of the Holy Ghost, you've already missed it. If you're sitting around trying to lead, if you're trying to build your business, if you're trying to do the thing, you know, as a believer, if you're trying to live your life, if you're a Pentecostal believer and you're taking leadership tips and life tips from people that don't even believe in the Holy Ghost, you've already missed it. Stay consistent with what you believe. Listen to leaders that are believing and pushing towards the same goals that you are. 
because what happens is you have a lot of people that get confused and then they follow, they just, they hear so many competing voices, right. as you said a moment ago, they don't even know where they stand in their own Christian life. Yeah. And, so, it, and it destroys them. That's right. So back to your point, we have to prioritize those voices. Prioritize the voice that God has placed in your life to raise you up to the next level. I want to have Pastor Allen pray for every person that's listening today that God would uh, give you a hunger to go to the next level, a hunger to mature, a hunger to become who he's created you to be so that you can be extremely effective and impactful before Jesus comes back. Father, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. There is no name greater than that name. There is no name above the name of Jesus. And we just thank you today. I thank you for every listener, every person who's on this podcast today. And I pray that not only will they grow by what they hear, but God, that they will, they will go far beyond anything that they've ever thought or imagined as they set their hearts on the things of God, as they set their heart to follow your voice completely. Father, I pray that you would impact them today by your word, that they would receive something from you today that is fresh, that is new, that they may grow by. I pray, God, for their families. I pray for their purpose. I pray for everything that they hold dear. God, that you will lead them in every area and every facet of their life. God, that they might fully follow you and become who you've called and purposed for them to be. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for listening again today. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to share it on your social media. I love you so much. And don't forget until next week, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you next week. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 